0: Welcome back to the Basement Music Lovers. You are now tuned into a very special edition of Chunky Glasses that has been literally months in the making. Uh, you might have heard us last year rave about uh, album by one Phil Cook, a Wisconsin native, currently down in Durham, North Carolina. That album, Southland Mission, is, suffice to say, uh, one of the most badass things we've ever heard. I, you know just putting it bluntly it's amazing it's soulful it's intelligent it's rocking uh it's contemplative it is everything you want in an album it made our best of the year list it is uh uh, you know, it's one of those that comes along once in a decade, maybe once in a lifetime. I don't know. Uh, for our guest today, though, it certainly was one that came along once in a lifetime. Uh, because since that time, we've been trying to sit down with the man behind the album. And finally, uh, Phil Cook is down here in the basement. And I met Phil Cook, I, I talked to him a little, uh, after his show at DC9 here, um, last time he was through and a revelatory show if you were there you know what I'm talking about and uh, but before that did not know him so uh, in the space of uh, about an hour we sat down talked and uh, yeah got to know each other a little and uh, and all I got to say is man you know after talking with him it's no surprise he made this album uh, if ever there was the title righteous dude like if that could ever apply to anybody uh it would apply to Phil Cook. I can um, only hope that if you have the chance to sit down with Phil Cook or talk to him after a show or say hi, what not do that because uh, much like the album, I think it will make your life a little better. I think uh, you know it's, you talked we talked a lot about the musical source in this interview, but he is he is certainly one of those uh, just a uh, paragon of positivity and good vibes uh which is not something you know you're not likely to hear me say that too often so um so it was very honored to have phil sit down with us and uh talk about his new album talk about how he got there talk about wisconsin it's it's a fantastic fucking conversation it's why uh you know talks like this is why i started this podcast so I get to do this, so get to share stories, uh, you know, not just with an artist like Phil, but also then we get to share those stories with you. So, uh, so that's our podcast for today uh, at the back end that we're actually going to be playing a track to by one of his friends and tour mates, uh, Ryan Gustafson, uh, otherwise known as the dead tongues all around. Uh, this is, this is sort of the high watermark for us in 2016 so far. So, uh. Without further ado, I think we'll just get, we're just going to get to it. So here you go. This is episode 173 of Chunky Glasses, of the Podcast. where We're sitting down with the amazing, the energizing, the mighty mighty Phil Cook.
1: Okay. it happens here,
0: and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man it was Merely a two-word review: just a shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to the maximum.
1: That right there is a, a logical fallacy. He was like, I don't <laughs> give a shit about four hours. Like, whatever,
0: man. Bring on the 24 hours. Uh, yeah. Well, it's funny because I um, I did not uh, fly. Uh, not because of nine eleven. I just didn't enjoy flying for many, many years before yeah. we were dating. Yeah. And then uh, first year we were dating, she's like, let's go to Austin. Let's go to Austin City Limits because she lived there after school. And I was like, sure, well, let's drive. And she just gave me this look like. <laughs> it's just like. Did you well, do it? No, we, we, we flew. You did? Yeah. I want to drive, though.
1: <laughs> so you wanted to drive, though. But so what did you do to get over? Have, what did you do?
0: I said, well. Do you just take I, a bunch I, of just weird, like, <laughs> sleeping pills? No, no. I actually, uh, 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 true love, like, conquered all. I just said, yeah. I love this lady, so let's let's do this. Yo, that's the way. I guess that's and like it, a- it was. It was fucking hell. Yeah, <laughs> but, but the first trip out was like okay, and now I'm like whatever, man. let's, yeah. let's get on a train. Oh, and man. Fling, so. oh, I hear you, dude. Yeah, it's it's good. Um, I guess. I had a lot of time to think about questions for you.
1: Oh, I've yeah. I had a lot of time. Yeah, well, that's maybe yeah. a good bonus about what was going on here. It is
0: because, uh, you know, I saw you perform at DC9, which was a, like, that, that was revelatory. Uh, it, it just, people, in the back of the room. I don't know how where you are, those people, like how much you can see from the stage, but people were like hugging. People were <laughs> like, oh my God, like what's <laughs> happening. And we, I knew it was going to be special because the album was just, uh, it's, we'll talk about what kind of special it is, but it's, it's fantastic. It's, it's this piece of like America now, yeah. I think in American like fabric, but, uh, it was that was so that was magical, so magical. It's one of two shows that year I shot it. Yeah, I think you guys actually used a thing for the tour poster. So magical, I could not write about it. There's nothing I could say. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, I was just like, uh, you know, I know I run a site and I do shit like this, but I sort of want to keep this to myself and just yeah. tell people about it. Yeah, which is something you said at the show. You know, you were like, you know, don't keep it a secret. Yeah, but you know, it was it's just the way you tell people about it. Yeah, and I was like. Yeah, and uh, as a result, we're all going tonight. Yeah, I'm bringing like ten people. So, oh, I'm so, so excited! It's it's going to be a great show. Um, oh, yeah. How does a, uh, a, a goofy guy from Wisconsin though get to um, that album and maybe get like steeped in in gospel along the way? Well. I've actually
1: uh, had time also to think about (laughs) this in the process, because I think being somebody that grew up in uh, the far north Mm -hmm. of the States and isolated, relatively isolated part of the country, culturally
0: especially, and a very homogenized part of the country, Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, the lady is from uh, Wisconsin. Yeah, so yeah I, yeah, I am. I know it well.
1: Yeah, there's diversity in Milwaukee. Yeah, and some, some, and then that's it. Yeah. But where I grew up, four and a half hours north of that, there is not mm-hmm. diversity. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think that you know, for me, uh, music entered into my life very early. Mm-hmm. I was drawn to this big piano in our living room when I was just a, still a toddler. I would just plink oh. on it and do that. So that was, in, and my mom would tell you, even before that, I could be quelled from crying by just sitting yeah, at the yeah, piano yeah. and just hitting things. That I would stop crying. So that being I think the broadest frame of the thing that's always centered and given me peace is the kind of I think the landscape of all of it right um, for me so within that i I've gone a lot of places and listened to and absorbed a lot of different music because I always am trying to chase this one. This, I don't know, I'm trying to chase this kind of transcendent feeling that kind of is, it's so fleeting. And I, any musician knows what I'm talking about, yeah. but it's that sort of feeling like a little bit like you're flying, a little bit like you're, um, I don't know, like that you're just holding on to something for dear life and it's just going and then you're just right. there. and, and it's, it's
0: you, like, like being a part of it but at the same time you're not you are yeah. just sort of off to the side a little bit and like yeah. yeah yeah
1: yeah and 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 maybe yeah and and you're just kind of like i'm sure that you know for there's probably parallels to um, people that surf and that yeah. feeling of yeah. and that addiction to what you get to surfing and that becomes your whole lifestyle and then it infiltrates every other part of your life. The yeah. way you speak, yeah. um, you know, the people that you surround yourself with, the way you see everything else, you know, the mm-hmm. fluidity of it all. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that's a really good question. I, I, I I'm really the, the other baseline part of the landscape that I think is really important to mention is that my family I grew up with two my both of my grandfathers were only children that lost that had absent or that no fathers oh, so wow. they were only children that took care of their mothers and knew one day through whatever circumstances they both came to the realization as young men Young men, yeah, like, yeah. like like teenage, you know, yeah. adolescent boys that all they wanted in life was a family. So when I came into the picture, I came into a family and then I had two grandfathers on both sides that married, married really strong, incredible, visionary women and that um, put family above all else and that celebrated that. And... And so part of that is just being in a place that was really, really safe for me to feel like I could be who I was. Yeah. So that, that I think is two ingredients that I think you put any, any kid into, and they're going to find something that gives them joy or they're going to find their way. Yeah. You know, so I can't help but just look at that and just feel that I'm very fortunate in that. Um, that fact.
0: Yeah. And it, you know, Wisconsin in general, you know, you, the lack of diversity, especially where you were from, mm-hmm. that's a real thing and stuff. But it is uh, very much, uh, I, I grew up in the South. And, and it, because uh, you are often isolated, I think, uh, as families and stuff, you, it doesn't happen all that doesn't guarantee it. But you can, uh, families bonds together a little tighter than maybe somewhere else. You know, generations of families. Generally as opposed to, you know, just like this is my family. We're living in New yeah. York City. We're doing this. And it's it's a weird thing. And I don't necessarily have that in my family. <laughs> but yeah. but I uh you know, we were in Bedford, Virginia, and yeah. I know people that have, you know, like three generations living essentially on their land. Yeah. Yeah. Which That's is a which is a powerful thing that I've been thinking about up. lately. Yeah. Um That so, was
1: that that was a big uh, thing in the in the um You know, and and it's come back up, it's just come back up recently just because I just found, you know, uh, yeah, I've, my wife's been having me write, um, my, write, write down in journals some things about this so that I am, have more thoughts about, I'm just exploring deeper, like some of my own, um, just thoughts about things and where I came from and just kind of like looking, just looking back on things and trying to assess things from maybe a little bit, just like an older place. Cause it it feels like a a lot's happened in the last three years. Yeah. And, um, a really important thing happened to me when I was really young, I was eight years old and, uh, Reverend Jesse Jackson ran for president. I, I do remember that. And, um, You know, my mother and father were hippies in a lot of ways. And we're in Madison, and they were there in the Mm. 60s during the protests. And when the science building was bombed, you know, my mom, and the helicopters everywhere, tear gas. My parents were all like in there. My dad was a conscientious objector from Vietnam. Um, My dad, you know, as a result, worked in a mental hospital, Mendota State Mental Hospital, for four years to pay off his service to his country. Um, But... You know, I I grew up with really liberal people who had a lot of liberal values and the way they looked at society and culture, but they just, we were living in a place where they couldn't really exercise them in Mm -hmm. all the ways that they maybe wanted to. Yeah. So when Jesse Jackson came through town, my mom was just said, you know, to my brother, I was eight, my brother was seven. Mm -hmm. She just recognized that right away as an opportunity to like show her boys, um, a different story and just show them like, um, some, you know, aspect of, uh, what we can be and what what can happen. And, you know, and also just introduce us to just like a a great man who is running for president. So we went to this, um, rally and I just remember feeling really, I remember feeling really moved by it because he had this kind of power of the pulpit kind of Mm -hmm. incredible, like, um, sing-songy way of speaking yeah and i latched onto it because of i think my musical um love thing i just i felt something great there and afterwards we were sitting and we wanted to just go see him um like leave for his bus and uh he was going onto his bus and this uh security guard was pushing my mom and my brother and i aside and uh And all of a sudden, I just felt these arms holding me and pulling me up. And uh, (laughs) and I looked down, and it's Jesse Jackson. And he's holding on to me. And he lifts me up, and he's got me. He's holding me up with one arm. And he's whispering at me. And and I just remember feeling like, whoa, what's happening? And uh, he was smiling at me so, so incredibly, um, so gently, and just so, like, so calmly i just immediately went from being like oh what's going on to just like hey and he was just like <laughs> I, he was like yeah. he was like how you doing my man how you doing is that your mom right there is that your little brother yeah. your little brother's got freckles huh i got freckles too you know and i was like wow who this guy is cool man who's this guy yeah. and he's like hey man i just want you to know whenever you're feeling down or anything i want you to just like you know, or if someone needs a, a lift, a lift up, I want you to give him the high sign like this, and he put, put me put my thumb up, and he spun me around, and I just remember um, walking away from that moment uh, and being like more caught up in being an eight year as an eight year old mind, just being like, whoa, uh, that that was cool because like my mom was just like. Crying when he gave her back to me. Right, right. Uh, but at, at the same time, I um, at the same time, you know, I was on the front page of the paper the next morning, and this is what I found was the picture. I found this photo of oh, wow. me and Jesse. Um, and I'm eight, and my hair's all gelled, spiked up, and I've got racing stripes <laughs> shaved into the sides of my head, Wisconsin I've style. Got, oh yeah, I've got like a oh, yeah. shirt that my mom gave. I like puff, like it's got like, neon puff paint all over yeah. my shirt, stri- dude. Oh. It's like. 1988. That's amazing. That's amazing. 1988. Jesus. Em, embodied it all in this uh, thing. So, the thing that hit me about that experience that I've thought about um, as far as a really formative thing was more of like the realization afterwards uh a few years later when i was at my grandparents house and looking through their big time life books that they have my grandparents had all the time life books the decades every decade and i remember going through the 60s and um i was doing a um report in fifth grade on martin luther king jr and um And I just remember uh, seeing the picture from the hotel balcony uh, in Memphis that, and there's a picture. And then I see that like Jesse Jackson's like holding Martin Luther King while he's dying. Like that man saw that happen. Yeah. And then just to me, man, (laughs) Uh, but I think that, you know, it hit me so hard, you know, when I was a kid, I think that like. I think I grew up really quick as like a Wisconsin kid and got an opportunity to like really see parts of this country and some truths and like have it hit me in a way that I know other kids didn't get ever to get a chance to, because it was so specifically pinpointed to Jesse Jackson holding me that day. Right. And my personal connection to that moment, you know? Um, But um, yeah, I don't know. So I think that, that really like that w- immediately oriented me as I was, that was all around the same time. You know, you're going through puberty You're for like four you're all this stuff right. is happening in your life and you're changing, you're trying to figure out who you are. And I knew I was, and music was just always there and it was always something that during all my confusion, I was like going back and like, and coming back and centering myself and just like, you know, like feeling like everything is okay again. And at the same time, I found my dad's record collection, and I just ended up gravitating more towards these like artists like Otis Redding and right. Aretha Franklin and Sam Cooke and things like that. That just like I started to kind of because to me it just felt like I just saw like this flash of like a story of like this whole country's like inherent story, like war, right. and where we're all right. coming from and where we're headed and how ugly it is,
0: but how that, that you would that you wouldn't get from like The Doors that you wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, get from the doors that no one will ever <laughs> get from the doors. You right. know, right? And that, yeah, that's that's, and I think that's a a draw today still. Yeah, uh, that it is. Um, when and it happens in indie rock now too. When people are making music for uh, for leisure, yeah. you know, or just because, like, wow, look, I, I got a guitar instead yeah. of. They have to maybe to, uh, that's like necessarily like feed their family, but they also have to, to like psychologically survive. Yeah. Like this isn't music that is, uh, meant, you know, to go out to have a good time at the club. Yeah. Ever. Although yeah. it should be, maybe. Yeah. I mean, it's a, yeah, it, I don't know. I,
1: I, I just, it's so incredible what, has happened here, the yeah. music that's made here. And like what we have sitting in front of us that we can like sit in in awe of and also maybe participate a small bit in this tidal wave of cultural force that is the music that came out of this country. Yeah, And so I do view it that way. And I don't, you know, that to me is our cathedrals and that to me is our, you know, pyramids and like in this time in this place and this part of the history of the world, like this thing that changed the world was this really incredibly, you know, incredibly hopeful and powerful thing that came out of such dark and ugliness. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, yeah. Um, and so like, to me there's like, I mean, there is, it, it is that deep on a daily basis for me, but I I know I carry a lot of joy out because I think that, overtly I'm a joyful person because at the end of the day, still just playing music still has always made me happy. Right. I'm so lucky in that. And I know that, you know, so many people I know aren't fulfilled in things that they do. And I think that that's, um, you know, I want that for them and I want that for everyone to have that, you know, but, So, anyway, to every question you ask me is going to be the long way around. But to answer your question uh, about being a goofy guy from Wisconsin, I just was like, you know, I, you know, I was just, I think I was just, I've always been a really sensitive kid. Mm. And my mom is a social worker and I've, um, she really oriented my brother and I to suffering. And, you know, and I had a channel towards like viewing the world and what suffering meant that was right in our backyard that really felt like I just really saw. Was able to see some things And it sort of Kind of oriented me Towards like The music in a way Yeah You know So to me that That is When I look back To the earliest Like why I guess that's like What I've come up with Right um, as, as opposed but, to As
0: opposed to public policy Right As opposed like, to public policy I, I want to go do <laughs> policy Here in Washington D.C. <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> totally so I mean so it just grew from there and then you know for me uh, also the area I grew up in was just a jazz jazz centric place Eau Claire is a crazy jazz town Yeah. all the high schools in the area are really filtered the jazz love filters down to them so they have like that essentially Ellington competition in New York that Wynton Marsalis puts on for all the high school bands in the country Yeah. and they do only Ellington music and they submit these demo tapes from all over the country and and they ask certain bands that they feel like get it the most to yeah. come perform at Lincoln Center with Winton and his band. Mm-hmm. Well, the uh, Eau Claire's Memorial High School, like went during like the '90s when I was growing up, they went like three times. Were you playing in that band? I was not. I was in Chippewa Falls, which okay. did, which <laughs> yeah. also yeah. <laughs> had a had a, had a great great jazz program. But that was the other thing was just being a high school kid and just being like. Why would you not improvise and use playfulness in everything you do musically for the rest of your life? Yeah. Because to me, the most interesting things that have ever happened musically have come out of that
0: yeah. mentality. Yeah. You it, know? It's, I mean, and if you think about how uh, like the music education is starting to be, not starting to, it's it's been devalued in schools. I grew up, started playing stuff since I was uh, five, wow. so playing piano yeah. lessons, and you know I, I've never like done say something like you in that, but I I, I feel that when you say this is what grounds you, this is what even coming down here and like noodling on my guitar. Oh like, yeah, hey, I see it, man. It's, it's just I it, can see. It's just like yeah, that feels good, and I can take fifteen minutes and I'm gonna just be like, all right, I didn't do anything. I played played some hot for teacher, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you, know, um, you know, it's funny because I had a theory about the gospel uh, in Wisconsin. I like your answer a lot better. But having been there, it is uh, – and I haven't been to Eau Claire, but we have been like the countryside uh, outside Madison. Like her mom lives uh, in Franksville, which is oh, – yeah. but she grew up in Milwaukee, uh, sort of near Alpine Valley. Yeah. Like right near there. Um, it is idyllic in a way that I don't know that any other place in the country is. (laughs) The grass is greener. The air is something else. And it feels, uh, I said this to her uh, last night, I said it feels like a gospel choir is singing. You just walk out and it's just like, oh. And for people who haven't been to Wisconsin, like, I'm None, this is not an exaggeration. Yeah, it's it's fucking magical. It's a magical
1: place. <laughs> and it's a magical place, and it's magical, and it's magical because uh, the summer is which way you're talking about. Yeah, the summer is perfect. There's not mm. a better summer in the entire face of the planet. I have not seen a better summer summer climate and just like uh, the, the yeah. temperance of like the air and, you know, the, the correct balance of the humidity and the, just yeah, the right breeze. It's, it's all of it's great. It's, and it's the trade off for the eight months of winter that, that we is tr- have, that is true. which is very severe and punishing and forces people inside and forces people to get a hobby. Yeah. Otherwise they're going to go crazy. Yeah. So that was a, uh, and that's the other thing about like, it's a perfect place for jazz because kids would shed all winter long there. Right. You know, because they don't, there's nothing, you can't go outside. What are you gonna do? Go sledding again? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. First time I
0: walked out in minus 16, like actual minus 16. Real minus 16. Yeah. It was like, no, I can't do this. You stay
1: inside. Yeah. And then you're either going to go in your room and you're going to either play video games or you're going to like, you know, do whatever you're going to do or whatever, but you're going to be inside Uh and you're going to figure something else out. So when kids are given like this option of just like, uh, well try and master this instrument for the rest of your life and sell them on it dude that is the best thing yeah. ever it's yeah. insane um so i i just feel like um that was a great breeding ground and it also just like helped me understand because i just like immediately dove into like you know music theory and i was getting all it- these like recordings of just like you know, Miles Davis is an incredible first thing to like discover when you're like an adolescent because, yeah. you know, you get a record like kind of blue. And then, like in Wisconsin, what's great about it is we're all isolated up there. And then, you know, we had these jazz camps where all these virtuosa kids would come from all over the sticks of like northern Wisconsin and Minnesota and coming from nowhere, <laughs> just shredding on the guitar yeah. and just wailing on the piano, on the horns. And like, and you like all find each other at this camp and be like, uh, hey and then like and (laughs) this literally happened one time which was just like you know I just remember walking in the first night going into the dorms of like Shelly Jazz Camp and just like not knowing anyone but like one kid having a stereo they brought in his room and it just had so what cranked up and he had it going you know we're all like 14 it's just like jazz you know but then Miles Davis comes in with his solo that and then pretty soon one kid after another is around the is around the door of this room and all these kids from from wherever the hell they're from are scatting this solo together oh my god. and finding each other in the night. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Going yeah. like 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 we're all oh my god, we all know this so well, you know what I mean? But it was that's a powerful thing too to have so, I mean, music just always is giving me community.
0: All it's ever done is giving me friends and community and family. That's about what it does. I mean, that's, it's, yeah, it's by far uh, the most important thing. Like, I don't, it's hard to, not not to relate to people who don't have it in their life, but, you know, it's just, it's like, what? No, get that. Like, put it, put it, put it here. Yeah. And, you know, get that in your life. Um, How, uh. So, given this, the, you know you diving into this rich history of music. How do you feel now that your album uh, "Southland Mission" is now a, a part of that? Because it really is. It is. Uh, y- you talk about the something being soulful, something being genuine, some things that you you can't quantify, and yet it's it's there. You know, I was talking with your friend Nick about that album uh, after we talked, and he was just like. I cannot even believe this, <laughs> and I can't. Believe, uh, do you do you do you realize do you know that you did that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I um I
1: definitely will say that the experience of making the record was very re- um, revelatory for me mm-hmm. as just. And like I said, the last three years have been a really big change in my life. And I think a lot of it had to do with situations that I was fortunate enough to be in that just showed me an, like another layer of truth, a truth about the world, a truth about like myself and my maybe role in what I can do. Yeah, What can I do? So for me... Um, A lot of that stuff came to fruition when I worked on this Blind Boys of Alabama record and um, had a chance to actually, like, work with my heroes, you know, you know work with with like blind elderly African American men from the deep south which, which, who lived through all that time that like I studied about in school and like kids study yeah. about it in school in Wisconsin and that's all the farther it ever goes they just know that something happened and there's no personal relationship but again having an actual like you know, people to actually re- like relate to and talk to, and just give meaning and actual experience to is something that kids from the Upper Midwest are always just need to have. Yes and we need to, it needs to happen because that's the thing that's missing you know up there and why i think that racism that happens in the up in the midwest is a totally different kind of character it's a lot quieter in oh, yeah. a lot it, it's a lot but in a lot of ways it's more severe than like this it's, it's really overt open conversation more, that happens more, in the northern
0: south northern racism is is very passive aggressive yeah very passive aggressive yeah. and it's and you sometimes don't even see it but then when you do, it's like the ugliest like thing ever. Right. But uh, it's funny knowing you for all of like 35 minutes. Right. Yeah. At this point, I can I, I can see like your eyes light up when you said going to play with these guys. Yeah. I can't imagine how that blew your mind. Oh, like,
1: dude, it was insane. I was like, I didn't sleep for like two or three nights before. <laughs> they showed up i was so i was so nervous just because i was like there's no way i'm gonna cut the chase i'm not gonna i'm I'm not gonna be able to cut it with these guys they are legends like these guys have played with every single one of my heroes in my whole life and all those people look at the blind boys as like the heroes so like if they're the center point of a lot of american music and they've you know been there forever and Anyway, it just ended up being one of those situations, like a lot of things that happen in life where you like you worry about it, you worry about it in your head, and then when it actually comes to happen, it's like, "Oh, that wasn't so bad, actually, it was actually incredible it was pretty excellent, yeah, pretty excellent, anything you know and I think you know so for me that what it was is more of a huh." After I was done with that and you know, made friends with these guys who I just realized at the end of the day that it wasn't me, Mr. Inexperience, and them, Mr. Experienced, it was more that, hey, we all really love this still. We're in it for life, and yeah. all we want to do is make great records. Yeah. That's all I've ever wanted to do. That's all they want to do. And we're all together, and we're hanging out, and like, it just turned out it just turned out in this great way that we just, we had so much in common just in the sense that like, I knew all this gospel stuff. I knew all these recordings and I knew all these like different stylings and it studied different stylings of just all these different people. So when we were going through tunes, I knew a lot of tunes. I knew a whole bunch of different things. And it was like, wait a minute. I woke up to that fact. It was like, I really know this, you know what I mean? Yeah, and there was yeah. that part of me that, you know, I think what I've talked about before is like this kind of permission part that I want to make sure is like, not misunderstood. Like to me, like the idea is that like, as a human being, you go through life and you're just like, you know, kind of on your own path and you're gathering steam. And you're trying to figure out your own lot in life. And a lot of your problems that you run into involve with yourself mm-hmm. involve you kind of like sabotaging yourself or getting in your own way or being in your own head yeah. and doing all these things that just like make you second guess yourself yep. and second guessing yourself is like a not granting a permission do you know what I mean yeah, like yeah absolutely that, what so mean. what I mean by that is that like I have a lot of musical uh, inspirations and uh, writings that I've done in the past that have kind of been like well I'm from this kid from northern Wisconsin I yeah, can't it, write it, I can't like write that, yeah. I can't, I'm not gonna write a blues song right, you know what I mean right. even though I did i wouldn't play it for anyone right or even if i did play it for everyone i was like not gonna ever ever like think anything would anyone's gonna take me serious about it or whatever but that was just it it was just like a permission yeah. to myself to say it's really okay to try and do what you can to make some, bring some momentum into your life and yeah. bring some community into your life um, in a way that just lets that momentum roll forward and yeah. let, that, let that stuff kind of gather steam in a way. You know?
0: what, was shouting matches before or after that?
1: Shouting matches happened about the exact same time as that. Yeah. As that Blind Boys record. I think they were recorded actually about a month apart, I think.
0: Yeah, because part of what made that record great, uh, and you definitely it shows up on Southland Mission, is it it just crackles with a genuine like blues, yeah. like r- raucous like you're at a you know a beer joint uh, on a Saturday night, and maybe there's gonna be a fight over here. Yeah, and it's and it's and it just it's the whole record. You're just like, huh, all right, all right.
1: Well, yeah, Justin and I grew up together, and that he and I always gravitated towards that we found each other's musical tastes early on we were like really really loved so much of the same thing but he introduced me to so many things like bill Frizzell, yeah and and tom waits have you and heard like, have you
0: heard uh last, last album not the new name? one oh, no i haven't God. it's it's all uh reworking of television and movie themes i saw it in the record store i almost bought it the other day oh like, man it's fantastic yeah, well, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely gonna get it. Yeah, I yeah. love Bill. Um, so, but you go through all that and you start working on Southland Mission. Yeah, and then as that's coming together, are you thinking to yourself, "Oh yeah, I got this," or or, or are you saying like, "Oh man, I don't know if I can do this"? Are you still giving your, not giving yourself permission? That is a part of the whole process.
1: Is these little. I mean, any part of a creative process where you're like, get these, creative spurt, and then all of a sudden, like, some doubt starts to enter your mind, like, what are you doing? Maybe you don't know what you're doing, dude. You yeah. don't know. You know what I mean? And then what's important for me during the process of this was that at every critical and pivotal point, I had either my wife or... Or my brother, or my good friend Mike Taylor from his yeah. Golden Messenger, or the Blind Voice, or my other hero who I got to work with, Amy Ray, or people that I just that knew about the record that was forming and really were encouraging and were just like, No man, this is you. This is who you yeah. are. This is who you've always been, your whole life. And this is exactly like we all see it. And you just keep going, keep going. Um, And, you know, it did, it took a while. I think the biggest thing was just, like, it was really, I kept the whole thing to myself in ways where I would just, like, it was such a secret because I needed to protect it at this point in time where I was, like, incubating it. Yeah. And the biggest moment was going to um, uh, this place um, in uh, Virginia. Actually, it's in North Carolina, but it's on the border. It's right in the Blue Ridge Parkway, Mm -hmm. right by... um, it's down um, there, Abingdon? Yeah, it's near, it's like Ennis, North Carolina. Okay. And it's right by, it's actually right by, um, oh, I can't, Galax, Virginia. Oh, yeah, Galax, yeah. <sighs> um So I went up in a family cabin there. I spent five days up there with uh, my computer and all my guitars and my dog, Willie. It's the longest time I've ever been by myself in my entire life. Yeah. It was five days. And I realized that uh, while I was in there. But anyway, I just, I didn't do anything except for just like sit there with the microphones and just picked up an instrument. And I just took every little scrap of every idea I had and like literally like just the record all came out in 4 days like Jeez. the whole thing came out and it all but i didn't realize he, it it was just 20 hours a day where it was like kind of get to a point of like a thing and then i would just sleep for like four hours get up and then i would like work in like three or four hour spurts and then i would take the dog for like a mile walk and just think and just think about words and think about you know and just be walking along the bridge parkway and then i would come back into the cabin and then go right back in and then at the very last night i just had like a moment where i was like whoa dude like this is I listened to the whole thing front to back and I hadn't done that the whole time yet. It was just like it was just like one fell swoop of listening to the, the whole thing that I had just recorded on this like stereo, these crappy seventies speakers and nice. this old thing in the nice. cat in this cabin. Um, but that moment was really important to me because what happened in that was like, I was listening to it you know, you always listening to things with this like critical ear all the time as an artist, just like, and just like, Oh, that wasn't so good. Oh, my timing is off there. Oh, whatever was happening there. And, And there was just this for the first time in my life. It was just like this thing came out, and as it was like playing through and listening, I was just hearing like the 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 subtext, you know, and and I in the context, and I was hearing just more of like my journey in the whole thing, and just looking at it for just a brief moment outside of the whole thing and realize like that this is the purest thing that I've ever done. You yeah. know what I mean? I've never, like I've not done a lot of things right in my life, but like this one thing <laughs> just came out and it just felt like, yeah, it, you know, it moved me to the point of tears in, in a way that felt like as an, a, a, as like a outside listener for, a, for a long enough to mm, be like, yeah. this is it. I went home and I had that moment was just like being able to stand out was like enough confidence to show it to my brother, which was the biggest hurdle to be like, <laughs> you know me better than yeah, anyone on the yeah, planet. Yeah. And I'm about to take you for a drive I'm gonna, and I'm going to show you the demos of this record, you know, and that was a huge moment for him too. It was just the fact that like I presented something to him confidently for the first time in our entire life. Right. It was just like, this is it you know and that hit him really hard and same with you know everyone that i played it for it was just like this is it i got this thing you know yeah. so it, it was just like you know i i'm I don't know what's going to happen after this you know i don't know the next time i'm going to make a record the first time right. i mean this one took me you know it feels like it took me 20 years to make
0: well it. they always say it like it's like 20 years to make your first <laughs> record and then you hit your sophomore slump and but, yeah. but i mean if you so what um aside from that uh finding that joy in it what does what does this album, I guess, thematically or what, mean to you? Or does it mean anything?
1: Yeah. I think that, to me, what I... Because the whole thing was created, the way it was created was with this just, like, I think with this sort of it was created with love, man. Right. I, mean, I mean, everything was just love. Like, all the nods that are in there to, like, my heroes are all, like, just total love to them and just, like, in a grateful kind of spirit, you know, of just feeling like I am so lucky to be alive right now yeah. and live in this time where... I'm able to hear all these generations of music that was made in this country, and how certain people interpreted. Some people are kind of beacons, and some people are kind of relay people, and some people are kind of gatherers, and some people are just like the source. Yeah, you know what I mean. You you need that in all the any kind of uh, any kind of vibration needs like that, like the you know the source and the vector and all that stuff. And like I, you know, I don't know. I just I like the idea that this country was founded on swing and this country Mm -hmm. was founded on that feel and what that gave the world. Swing changed the world. And um, so to me, celebrating and singing about and exploring that is like a lifelong pursuit that I kind of see now is like, oh, Yes, this is so great that I like finally don't have to like sit and like worry about that at least anymore. Right. Right. You know, that I think is probably part of the like the lightness of the whole thing It's just being like, Oh, I know which direction I'm headed now. You yeah, know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, exactly. It just took me a long time. It took like a every year, other yeah, damn thing in my life. I mean, you know, ask my <laughs> wife, dude, any this is like, okay, Phil figure out the record for God's sakes. But like figuring out our taxes, that's no, gonna take another twenty yeah, years. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? It's, it's okay.
0: It's okay. You um <laughs> You know, and and I think that – I know that's what it means to me. I know what it means to a lot of people. I know that what uh, people, I think, pick up on is just simply love. Yeah. You hear it, and you hear what you put into it, and, you know, we'll all see tonight. Nobody except for me is going to see you, and I'm so fucking excited (laughs) for them. Um, And uh, it's it's just a warmth that you don't get on records Hmm. from – anybody except for me, for me, from anybody except like old soul. Yeah. Yeah. Where you, it doesn't matter. You can, they can be singing about like, I caught my wife cheating and stabbed her. And, yeah. yeah. But it's still a human. There's a, there's a heartbeat in that, that resonates. And it, I don't know if it's the voice. Cause I know psychologically how we react to voices. I, I, I don't know what it is, but there's, yeah. there's just a heart there. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, uh, also recently, I think, um, you, know, you you mentioned gospel and all of a sudden And the music grew up on How big of an influence uh, Speaking of uh, vibrations uh, Was the dead on you Growing up The dead was um, I was My
1: brother was a little bit more of a dead guy Yeah And I was more of a fish guy <laughs> Oh no <laughs> Phil Come on Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: No I, I've i seen him like and, 30 times Yeah
1: Yeah and But you know I mean that's I that was all a part of the thing Of just like You know to me Like I, I When I you know, look back on You know, you look back on those searching high school years and it made sense to me that um, that was a tangent that I could go off of based off of my love of jazz. It was like, well, these guys are all just kind of playing and improvising. I can get on board Mm -hmm. with um, the spirit of what's happening in a situation. Also, going to a show like that, that's a cultural experience. Because, like, you know, and going to Alpine Valley from Chippewa Falls, going down there and just seeing, like, like just seeing a sea of just people that are just in in this parking lot scene and like the the community and the short speak, all that different stuff and just feeling, whoa, this is a whole subculture that I had no idea about until you stumble upon it. You know what I mean? Especially at that time where it just felt like, you know, it was just like no one knew who they were, but they were selling out Madison Square Garden, you know, multiple times a year and doing all these crazy, pulling off these crazy feats. They're a cultural phenomenon. Yes. And to be able to like like step into it for a second just, feel like whoa i mean that i mean it was great because i just felt like i'm really thankful for the time i was in it just really felt like it was still dawn internet yeah i was still just like aol chat room time about talking about you know whatever but it wasn't like um i don't know i don't know it just didn't seem like it was like the onslaught of awareness that there is now so yeah yeah so that was all in there the dad and the dad just came later for me i think that was something that just made more sense when i got older yeah yeah
0: yeah, and it's it's one of the same because you just played on um, correct me if I'm wrong, you're on the uh, day of the dead compilation mm-hmm. which is uh we're waiting to hear it. We? we we're joking with them like okay, we're reviewing it on the podcast. She's like it's 5 hours long. Like that's okay. We're going to yeah. we're going to d- get into the whole thing. Oh yeah. Because uh you know, I've I found that in talking to a lot of artists even if they weren't uh like overtly like influenced by the dead, uh somewhere, you know, most people have like a little tape collection, and it could be the yeah. dad or it can be the fish. And it's that live stuff, and it's that energy, and it's that love that like bands like that put out on stage. Right. You know, it's like I said, I didn't see fish until uh well into uh my 20s, I think it was Hampton, the, yeah. the Hampton Comes Alive box set, yeah. So, and my friend was just like, Yeah, come on, yeah got in the car We went down he played me some on the way down I'm like okay because previously I just heard like rift super fucking high
1: yeah <laughs> it's
0: just like and and like you said you walk out in that parking lot and it's just a whole different yeah. thing it's, it's a whole thing yeah it's like a whole thing
1: you realize some people like go into it for a while it's like it's like a big it's like a big orb that's just moving it's some <laughs> momentum and like some people get lost in it. You know what yes, I mean? And you, and do. you see those people in the parking lot and that's like a, another truth. You see you're like, Whoa, you can get lost in something yeah. like this really easily right. and never come back, you know? Right. Uh, I mean, that's all, that's all just learning stuff, you know, in, in a great way. And um, yeah, I'm thankful for all of it. Uh, I definitely got into the dead because of Hornsby's involvement Yeah. Hornsby was a really big, um, Influenced me because as a piano player as a kid, there was not any piano heroes right. to really look at. You know what I mean? Um,
0: and his '80s be, albums, like the the first the way one with, with the range. That, I mean, it, that's great piano pop. But then as they went along, he his jazz came out. Yeah, which was crazy. You get to like Hot House, and it's yeah. like, what the fuck? Is I this? know Hot House,
1: man. Great record. Yeah, you know, and and I, what I love about Bruce is that he's just got that incredible spirit of that of that play yeah he just wants to play yeah and he's uh you know he's such a character and he's been there for so many amazing moments man bruce is such an incredible human being um yeah and so i got to work with him for because and i you know i met bruce when i was 14 Mm -hmm. um and that was a big moment and he was so incredibly cool to me and spent an inordinate amount of time with me as a fourteen-year-old geeky kid going through puberty, right, it was really awkward and big hands and big feet and just like, <laughs> hey, sir, hey. squeaky voice, yeah. Um, who, you want to talk to me about it? <laughs> I brought my CD I'm looking for your side, <laughs> sir. Uh, but he was so incredibly cool to me and supportive of me as being a musician at that age. It really, I think, solidified my journey and where I'm, like, that really was a huge oh, wow. moment for me. I definitely went to bed that night, like, laying and staring at my ceiling like, this is And he, he definitely... played on the track that you, you just did.
0: Yeah. So, so that Yeah, we was... were all
1: together. We, we recorded that track all together Um, on so Black that must Money have been, River.
0: that must have been just like.
1: Full circle? Hi. Oh, hell yeah. so it was full circle. And what was great about about it was that I mean it really was like 20 22 years later yeah, you know that. or whatever yeah. I mean pretty close to that and cool enough situation where like I mean we hung out all day and recorded the track really pretty quickly and then just had dinner and then he had to go he was only there for probably five hours mm-hmm. really um but it was long enough that you know, digesting our meal and sitting on our front porch, I just got to sit. And just tell them the whole story. That's
0: yeah, so what you told them. I told them. I
1: recanted the whole day to them because wow. it's still clear as a bell to me that whole yeah. day because of how formative that was for me, um, which was awesome. Yeah. And it's led to some great, great stuff, man. I'm, um, you know, I'm lucky. We're gonna. Um, He's going to join me this summer. We're going to do um, some stuff together this oh summer, my God. which I'm really excited That's about, dude. Oh, my God. I'm so – it's, like, that. great. And so, we like, you know, I got a chance to, like, you know, he called me the other day. Like, we call, we've, like, called each other. And I like, talk about ideas and, and just to be able to, like, make theory jokes – and both <laughs> giggle at them <laughs> is the best shit ever as a 36 year old man right. talking to my like right. long time <laughs> lifetime hero that we're both just theory nerds at the end of the day uh, who just love it all and it's just uh, it's all fun fun games you know what i mean yeah. i mean but <clears throat> i just am yeah i'm This this is what you're
0: gonna be doing. Like, I don't think you gotta worry. Yeah, I think I think you're set. I think I think you uh, sort of planted your flag and said, "You know what, everybody, I'm here. Yeah, you want to come around? Come around. Yeah, and we'll just keep." Isn't this
1: music like so? Like the like it's just like I. That's mostly I think it is just like, ain't it sweet, dude? Zydeco. Yeah, Louisiana is the greatest state, dude. New Orleans is is the greatest city in the whole
0: planet. Right? Have you seen John Boutté down there? Yes, just at, saw him at last, DBA's?
1: Week. Yeah, at DBA, last week. Yeah, DBA last <laughs> week.
0: We were down there for Jazz Fest, and at Jazz <clears> Fest, <throat> uh, for people who haven't been, uh, if you go as a tourist, you essentially get hammered all day. That's what happens. And we made it to DBAs, and we were just hammered. And we walk in that back room, yeah. and it had red velvet curtains. And yeah. he's so short. And all of a sudden, we're sitting there, and like, I look at Daria, I'm just like, why is why is Sam Cook singing? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and just walk up and it's him. And it's like, Oh my God. Oh, yeah. I put him in my armpit and told him that I loved him. Really? I, it's, it's, ah, it's,
1: yeah, he's sang, man, he um he's saying I'll cover the waterfront in uh, La Vie yeah. La Vie like, en Rose. He sang time after time by Andy oh, Jesus, Lopper. Yes, yes. Um he brought me to tears two times while in that one hour set. Like just really yeah. pulled everything down to me and he never sings above like a uh-uh. like 6 to 10 decibels. It's nah. like he's such a quiet singer. And, he's a quiet and he talker. commands the yeah. whole crowd. Um that that to me is just like, you know, that was more or less like when I when I'm You know, like, it's not necessarily... Listen to my music isn't this great. It's just about like this music yes. that that we are surrounded by that has come up all around us is still very much alive in me. And when we're playing it live and when I listen to it with all my friends, it's very much alive in us and it's still moving through the fabric of our culture yeah. in a very real way that's like tangible to the human experience. And so to me that that is just a testament to the greatness of yeah. it and the timeless what real time is, you know, and we live in this, you know, time where like music is this huge, massive tree, you know, and you've got like all these bands that are out there right now that are just they're the leaves. Yeah. You see them because they're the most present thing. You see a tree, you see the leaves, uh-huh. but they fall off every year and they're gone, and then new ones come back and they fall off. They're just the temperate part of the the thing. Yeah, and then the, there's the other thing that feeds it, which is just the branches down to the trunk. And I think part of the big thing is just that like I my orientation is more towards it's like what's feeding all the things that are happening what's yeah. the trunk man the trunk of the tree yeah. that's where my interest is is not in the leaves dude right. I don't give a shit about the <laughs> leaves at this point I grew up yeah. in a place where the trees didn't have leaves and all we saw was, was the, trunk the trunk for nine months a year and so to me that to me is still a tree where I think people think come from the south up north and they're like oh, yeah. why are all the trees dead no they're not dead
0: yes you know what I mean yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, But like that life is still very much giving and roots music is not a past thing. Roots are what supply everything on a constant daily basis. It's the feeding, man. It's like really supplying everything. So I I feel like that's my orientation and that's kind of my shout for joy is just feeling like, man, this tree is so beautiful. And like this trunk is so grand and big and massive and then like contains enough to feed everyone. But it just is like, you know, um, I don't know. I think it's sort of like a come gather around this thing. Yeah. This yeah. It's wicked. Let's go climb this tree. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, I think that's a, that's a
0: good, good landing point here.
1: Uh, uh, you, gotta,
0: you gotta search for landing points when you're talking to me, dude. <laughs> no, 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 no. A, dude we could, we could go for two hours, three hours, but you got a show to play tonight. Uh, thank you so much for coming down. Thank oh, you. For, thank you for like, actually, we actually did this. We did this. We we made it, it happen. Uh and, uh, and thanks for making the album. Yeah. That is uh, my pleasure. I say it's like very genuinely, it's, it's very special. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I'm glad it's out there. And I'm glad you're out there, too. Oh, uh, thanks, Kev. Appreciate right. it. Man. Thanks to uh, Phil there for choosing to spend some time with us. That was, um, like I said up front, uh, it was just an enlightening, uh, uh, one of the best ways I think you can spend your time uh, in this world is not just listening to music like the music that he creates, but also uh, having conversations like that with people and uh, getting out there and uh, exploring You know, your friends, the world around you and all that Uh, double down on that conversation, but absolutely slaying at the Rock and Roll Hotel uh, later on that night. Uh, It was an amazing show to be expected. He actually just finished up his tour um, in back home in Raleigh. Uh, the next night, that's Saturday, uh, but it won't be too long before he he gets back out on the road and comes uh, to bring his magic to your face and to your ears and uh, to your life. So, uh, thanks again, Phil, and uh, you know we we will have a mic open if you're listening. You know, anytime you want to come back and talk, uh, we are more than happy to hang out, dude. Um, before we get out of here this week, we're going to play a track, like you said, up front by one of his friends uh, talking about the Dead Tongues. He's been – Ryan uh, Gustafsson has been has been playing uh, with Phil on this tour. So he opens the tour uh, with his little solo set and then he uh, you know just does double duty, picks up a different guitar, gets on stage and plays all of Phil's songs. Um, we actually got there late – uh, for this performance here uh, But we were meeting a bunch of people there And I walked in And everybody was like That I knew that was there Or said hey uh, Have you seen the opener? That guy's amazing And I was like yes Yes I have And yes he is uh, So I guess uh, What we're going to do now Is we're going to play a track To let you know Just how amazing he is This is from uh, The Dead Tongues Latest album Montana Came out in early 2016 Name of this track is Graveyard Fields Graveyard Fields uh, from the Dead Tongues. Hope you found that sufficiently groovy. I know I did. Um, you know, it's always a pleasure to see this guy play uh, opening for Phil, and it's also uh, just it, it's a great album. You know, the guy the guy is just does great work. Uh, Phil is obviously enamored with him, and uh, and rightfully so. Uh, much like a lot of the stuff going on. Uh, down in in the Raleigh-Durham area that isn't uh related to HB2 uh which is bullshit uh but uh artistically down there uh there's a lot of really great stuff going on and uh worth your time to to check it out dig into that scene a little bit RVA has been getting a little heat too but I think Raleigh-Durham is is coming up in in very much uh the same way so that's our podcast for this week if you liked what you heard uh yeah you can subscribe to us on itunes you can rate us on itunes you can listen to us on stitcher uh you know we're on the uh twitters we're on the facebook we're on the instagram you can get in touch with us uh you can email us you can text us uh lots of different things if you had questions about this interview uh that you had questions for phil cook yeah email me i'll forward them along see what he says uh and uh Yeah, so thanks again to Phil for coming to the basement. Uh, We're going to get out of here, so uh, talk to you in a few short days. Until then, be good to your ears, but be better to your people. We'll see you later. (laughs) Kenobi